0: Hey everybody it's Dr. Mystical and welcome to Manifestations. Manifestations is an open format talk show that talks about all manner of things, spiritual, paranormal, and metaphysical. I'm your host Dr. Mystical. I'm a medium paranormal investigator and intuitive card reader and I'm here to talk with you a little bit tonight about the ghosts of uh well, the ghost stories of Christmas time and what the ghost stories are. But before we get going with that, um, if you uh, can hear the stream, see the stream, let me know. Leave a comment in the box. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a like. Let me know that you can hear it. And we'll talk uh, Tonight's Show really is uh, going to be talking about <clears throat> talking about um, a, a pretty old and pretty European or pretty pagan um, Yule tide or Christmas time. A tradition of ghost stories and, uh, and how those things have kind of changed from, um, the telling of ghost stories to, uh, our current Christmas traditions and where kind of those ghost stories kind of offloaded to, um, so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight we'll talk a little bit about your ghost stories what your christmas traditions are how those things came up we'll bring that up in the chat and talk about those things and then for the last part of the show we're actually going to listen to um listen to a christmas ghost story uh together as a group typically this would be done on christmas eve but um it's friday the 13th and so that's just as good as any other night i suppose so <coughs> so uh, I'm well, Jennifer. How are you? Hello, Claudia. How are you? Hello, Lakin. How are you? Hey, hey, hey. So let's talk a little bit about, um, let's talk a little bit about Christmas time, shall we? And where Christmas time kind of kind comes in and came from and where it goes to. I'm going <coughs> to, excuse me, take my headphones out so that I can, so I can actually hear myself a little bit without the echo inside my own head. So one of the things that's always kind of fascinating to me about Christmas time is the telling of ghost stories. Um, it's just kind of the telling of ghost stories and what ghost stories mean around Christmas. Um, interestingly, um, interestingly, you know, we we're familiar with ghost stories even in today's modern Christmas. Uh, we hear um, the tales of Ebenezer Scrooge and the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. So we're familiar with at least uh, familiar with that type of um, that type of genre, but there's also that kind of nature of ghost or just kind of storytelling in general around Christmas. So ghost stories in Christmas is a kind of an hello Gwen nice to see you. And it seems like people are having a crazy day, but it is ten o'clock. So I'm trying to time this so that folks can get home from work and uh, and tune in or tune in later or whatever that might be. Um, so um so let's talk a little bit about kind of what so what is this what's this whole topic of uh, ghost stories in Christmas time? So here in North America and the United States and the kind of new world, so to speak, um, ghost stories aren't really part of our tradition. Uh, but in in Europe, in more uh, European cultures and more older pagan kind of based cultures are where kind of uh, those pagan roots and Nordic roots kind of exist. Ghost stories are actually part of, um, part of the tradition. So why do people tell ghost stories on Christmas? So there's really kind of two, there's really two ways to look at this. So we're going to start with... Um, the pagan roots, why does it, this exist around kind of paganism and kind of pagan culture? And then how did this morph into uh, modern Christmas time culture? So typically, this time of year, this winter time of year, this Yule time of year, has what we are, what we kind of know what's going on. So it's um, dark nights, it's long nights. Uh, we talk about winter spiritually as a time for death, a time for laying to rest, a time for rebirth, right? And so these the the nature of a ghost story makes sense in that lens, right? Makes sense in the lens of of paganism because we have the dark nights we have the, we have the concept or thinking about death and rebirth or death and reliving right and what this is typically or traditionally around pagan cultures and pagan spirituality a time where the veil is the thinnest right because of these long long dark nights and so this is where ghost stories come in now there's probably a lot. Obviously, I'm um, being like really, 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 really hot, superficial with us to talk about paganism and pagan r- rites and rituals around around Yule, and Yule time, and Christmas time. But the reality is, um, um, the reality is, this is kind of where modern day Judeo Christian or Christian Christmas time is based, and we all know that. Right, these are the reasons why we're okay with things like saying "Happy Holidays," because we're not actually stripping out, um, stripping out some um, some sort of um, "Hello, Diane, how are you?" We're not actually stripping out uh, a particular spiritual uh, spiritual identity or religious context or deity or anything like that. Right, we talk about. Uh, paganism is being a little bit more open, and so saying things like "Happy Holidays" fits with that because it allows people to kind of worship um, this time of year the way that they're most comfortable with. All we're simply doing is saying, "I don't really know what it is you're into, so I'm going to wish you well and whatever you're going to do." So the the idea of ghost stories around Yule time or Yule tide really deals with that sense of long dark nights, long, cold nights, that kind of long winter night where we might come closer together and be thinking about the spiritualism of of death and rebirth here in this winter season. As we lay things down, we remember them, we bring those things forward, and we tell the stories of those things. Now, there's also kind of the sense that there's also kind of doing some research around this topic. There's also a potential that um, in the in, in the kind of days of paganism, right, where we don't see a modern medical culture, we also see that these times of year are filled with sickness, filled with um, long sickness, right, flus and colds and all the worst things, right, kind of the environment. Hello, Catherine, how are you? Um, all the, kind of all the, you know, this is a time of year where, illness kind of comes to bear right and so death in in though even though winter kind of signifies death the symbolism is kind of lay a laying to rest and allowing for rebirth there's also the very real fact that in winter comes death right it's cold our bodies can't stay warm food is scarce water is scarce illness runs rampant and so there's death all around us and so do, ghost stories or death stories are a way that we can kind of honor that honor those people honor the dead and allowing those kind of those stories to kind of come forward in a time of remembrance and it's really remembrance that kind of brings us forward into kind of the modern christmas time type of ritual of ghost storytelling now this really is more in the victorian age of european cultures where we see ghost stories being told this is where we see Charles Dickens come through with, um, with our friend Ebenezer Scrooge and the stories of um, Christmas present, past, and future. Right. So, same type of era. So, the modern Chris or the kind of the Victorian Christmas time really is much closer to paganism than we see today. And if you have European friends or European family, you probably full well know. Hi, Haney. How are you? Hope all is well um you probably talk with them a little bit about their christmas traditions and we see that there's a real marked difference between what we do here in north america and what we, they do in europe it's a lot lower key it's about over time the tales the stories are a little darker right krampus all uh, right the Belschnickel, uh santa claus right who brings um who, who brings small treats, but also coal <clears throat> right? These things we do, we talk about in myth, but we don't really do in the in the kind of North American culture. So we've come from paganism, right? Where it's winter is a symbol of death and rebirth, uh, long, dark nights are coming together, And it's that kind of coming together and that remembrance that brings us into kind of Victorian Christmas time. And so ghost stories are a central, figure, central facet of the Victorian Christmas time traditions. Same reasons, longer nights, right? So the nights are very, very long. They're very, very cold. Um, It's the end of the year, uh, the end of the calendar year. And so there's time for people to, it's kind of a natural time for people to come together and reflect on, think about and honor the years past But also, it's the end of the year, so people have a tent in the holidays, and people have a a want to kind of come together, not me, but other people have a kind of want to come together, tell the stories, talk about those things. And we see some of those traditions now, even though they're not ghost stories per se, they might be stories about great-grandpa or this person's past or that, kind of the passing of people, but that's mostly out of remembrance, not out of ghost stories, right? And so. Christmas time traditions and the kind of Victorian and European cultures really is kind of, this is a time where we reminisce about the people in our lives, the people in our families. And uh, thanks, Pam. Thanks, Pam. Hey, Kate, how are you? And so, uh, so we see remnants, uh, reminiscence of, People in our lives, people past, people that maybe we came together with around Christmas times and places and things that have kind of passed in our life, things that might be long gone. Again, stories about stories about people, places, times, um, um, myths and legends of and folklore of our own family. It's really these kind of comings together and these gatherings that really kind of form the basis for the social context of telling a ghost story. The ghost story tradition goes long back before Victorian time and into that kind of paganism where we would tell stories of the dead, right? We would tell stories of the dead in order for them, in order for them to kind of be remembered and reborn and have those memories rebirth. And those things, as we know from how Christianity kind of spread through pagan cultures, right? They adopted these pagan traditions and called them Christian traditions and banished all the rest. And that's how they got, they came along and said, listen here, pagans, we got the same thing. We call it Christmas, um, but it's the same thing, right? You can celebrate Yule Tide. just call it Christmas and you can do some of the same things. And these things kind of evolve over time. Now, this is not necessarily the current European tradition of telling ghost stories, although Um, if you look through some of the news stories and some of the, uh, some of the research that I looked at, we really saw that we're really starting to see kind of a resurgence of these ghost stories around Christmas. Even in my own traditions, I tell the story of twas, you know, the night before Christmas, I read this book to my kids and we tell the story. So we still have storytelling, but it's really kind of this ghost story. So why, so let me, so why do you think this, this tradition, which is a very, very old tradition that kind of moved through the Victorian area of, of Europe and it kind of morphed into a more modern ghost storytelling type of thing. Why do you feel like, um, why do you feel like this ghost story thing didn't, catch on right here here in our gathering we love ghost stories we tell ghost stories we enjoy ghost stories uh we tell ghost stories to each other but we're a little unique in that regard so why do you think so drop in the comments why do you think the ghost story tradition of christmas and chris particularly to christmas eve doesn't exist anymore what happened in between kind of the Victorian culture and today that's kind of stopped this notion of ghost storytelling and really the kind of the kind of togetherness and the coming togetherness of families and friends while I take a drink. Not making good food choices today, so my voice is a little raspy. So why do you think why do you think that so we got all the well, hello. Hello, Quinn. <laughs> well, there's some crazy Krampus stuff going on. That's actually really St. Nicholas Day um, in Europe. It's the day that St. Nicholas comes and puts little candies and coals in your shoe. Shoes, really. You're supposed to put shoes and boots outside. So why do you think nobody has nobody has a thought? That's okay. So this is something that is not really kind of easily defined. And in doing all the research for this show and for today, I really want to know why does this tradition not continue? Even the storytelling tradition doesn't necessarily continue. But why particularly do ghost stories not not continue in today's modern culture? And so what a lot of kind of the researchers and folklorists and people who study uh, kind of anthropologists and cultural anthropologists have kind of thought about and posited here is that between the, as a Victorian culture kind of, kind of rose and fell in comes the industrial culture and industrialization in Europe and the United States really decreased our ability to kind of come together. Right. So our ability to come together as a family, to take time off, to celebrate Yuletide, Christmas time, Christmas, the way that we used to be able to. Right. The industrial machine and complex demanded that we. What? Work our asses off. You know, we work, 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 work. We're off for Christmas. We get back to work the next day. And we see that even in our very favorite Christmas story. Right, we see that even in our very favorite Christmas story, where we have Ebenezer Scrooge, Scrooge, dictating that you know he'll be back the next day, but it's the it's the ghosts of of Christmas past, present, and future that kind of remind him of what this season really is all about, and it is about that kind of socialization and kind of coming together. So, what are some of what are some of the traditions and thoughts and ideas? Uh, or stories that you tell at Christmas? Put a comment in. Let me know. Let me bring it up on the screen. We can talk a little bit about it. But what are some of the Christmas time or Yuletide uh, traditions that you and your family engage in? Why do you engage in them that way? What are some of the things? (laughs) Claudia says, I didn't even know that ghost telling was a tradition, and it wasn't. It's not really here. It really is a European, more pagan type of tradition. But even still, it's died. So there you go. So even Gwen, so there's, there's the kind of the, the modern day contemporary whole kind of, kind of the hint of traditions past, right? We, you come together, we talk about the past, we reminisce about the people, the places, the things, the stories, and that's Kind of where we see the modern culture, but it really lacks that entertainment value. And I would argue, pro- and I would argue, and this didn't come up in my research, but I would argue that another reason that we don't see storytelling and ghost storytelling kind of in its way right now is because we have modern day in entertainment like radios and TV and the internet, and that these things, these things kind of Take away from um, the interpersonal storytelling, the things that we do together. <laughs> yeah, so there's you know, so Kate kind of Kate kind of is hinting here at the at the materialism, capitalism, celebrations of Christmas, where if you again, if you go to some more European cultures and. Uh, more pagan cultures. Yuletide Christmas time isn't about crazy gifts out the wazoo. It really is about small gifts. It's really about those social comings together, reminiscences, things like that. And it's unfortunate that it's become as capitalistic as it has. When in reality, the best part of it is really just kind of being together and, and enjoying each other. And yeah, Catholics kind of Catholics. Like, well, you know, Catholics ruin everything. I'm not, I'm just kidding. Getting internet, please don't. <laughs> We've turned this into the Dr. Mystical dating show. <laughs> hey, Joe, how are you? So what are some of the stories that you tell? Do you tell a, a formal story at Christmas time? Diane, they make gifts, they hang mistletoe, so there is that sense of camaraderie and togetherness, that sense of social where we're actually making a thing and engaging in that kind of that kind of social construction of of tradition. Good. So these are the things that we see in modern Christmas time that have their have their roots back in Victorian Christmas time and pagan Yule even prior to that. I'm not saying I'm not bashing Catholics. I'm not bashing Catholics. I'm just saying that the Catholic Church full well knew that it was taking and appropriating religion, spirituality, and cultures and other things to kind of grow the church. That's all they did. That's just what that's just the behavior. (laughs) Lincoln says they don't do anything for Christmas anymore. Well, I mean, to some degree, all right, Lakin's like saying we don't really do anything anymore. We used to do this kind of big thing, but we don't do it anymore. Maybe that's a potential opportunity to kind of restart Christmas time, tide, the way that it was traditionally done. Small, intimate, right? Coming together stories. Joe talks about how, going to parties and visiting relatives. And again, probably in there telling some stories. So that's kind of where. Um, <laughs> and and eating of spanish food which i'm totally down with i'm totally totally down with right so there is this kind of nature but what i wanted to do tonight was was and i'm not gonna we're not going to spend a whole lot of time together i wanted to play with this idea of relaunching manifestation so i appreciate you coming around uh, uh coming around and um and and saying hello and enjoying the show with me but i wanted to tell a ghost story not tell a ghost story, but listen to a ghost story with you and have a conversation around this ghost story. And I was going to read it, but I didn't want it to become Dr. Mystical Story Hour. And so uh, what I did is I went out and I found a Christmas story for us. Um, There you go. So that's, that is the, those are the, the contemporary ghost stories, right? So I, w- I thought I would go out and, and find a ghost story for us. Um, this is, in, in we can watch it together. We can talk in the comments. I'll I'll chime in as it goes. I'm going to put my headphones in so I can hear it. Let me just bring it up for you. This is a story called The Shadow. Um, I also want to kind of, maybe before we do that, I should probably talk about the ghost stories aren't necessarily about Christmas ghost stories, right the ghost stories are um, the ghost stories are ghost stories, and in some cases, the ghost stories are very very dark, they deal with sickness, they deal with death they deal with right they deal with kind of a real kind of sense of haunting and again, when you look back into the christmas time traditions you 're talking about long winter nights, you're talking about long illnesses, you're talking about death, you're talking about rebirth. And so it's from these things that these stories evolve. So ghost stories here aren't, and then there was turkey and goose, right? These are, this is a real ghost story. Well, it's a ghost story, but it's not necessarily a cheery, warm-hearted ghost stories. And so uh, and so that's kind of that's kind of what we're gonna do. So I I went out and I find a story. I found a story for us by Ian e. Nesbitt. This originally aired in BBC Radio. It's an open source story. Uh, and I put it up into a video for us. So we're gonna watch it and listen to it, comment about it. It's called The Shadow, uh, and it deals with um, it actually does the setting of the story actually is at a Christmas party. Uh, but let me just bring that up for us so we can chitty chat I'll bring it up a I'll bring it up in the big box so we can all kind of see what's going on. And here we go. It would been one
1: of those jolly old-fashioned Christmas dances where nearly everybody stays the night. There were three of us sharing a room. And in our surroundings of bright chintz, candle flame, and firelight, we had talked of ghosts. Well, we none of us actually believed in ghosts, of course. But my heart at least seemed to leap to my throat and choke me there when a tap came to our door. A tap faint, not to be mistaken. "'Who's there?' I asked, somewhat hesitantly. "'I give you my word, the instant of suspense that followed "'is still reckoned among my life's least confident moments. "'Almost at once, the door opened fully, "'and Miss Eastwich, my aunt's housekeeper, "'companion and general standby, looked in on us.' "'She shivered a little. (laughs) So did we.' "'for in those days corridors were not warmed by hot water pipes "'and the air from the door was keen. "'I saw your light,' she said at last, "'and I wondered how she is.' "'Her glance turned towards the door of the dressing room. "'Another girl, who had fainted suddenly during the dance, "'had been put to bed there. "'She's fast asleep,' I said. "'I should have added a good night,' "'but the other two, who were both younger than me, were already on their feet. "'Come in!' the younger of them cried. "'Yes, come in!' echoed the other. "'Come in and get warm. There's lots of cocoa left.' "'They drew Miss Eastwich in and shut the door. "'We've been telling ghost stories,' I explained. "'The worst of it is, we don't believe in ghosts. "'No one we know has ever seen one.'
0: "'Well, we do.'
1: "'All ghost stories are so beautifully rounded off,' said Miss Eastwich. "'The most horrid ghost story I ever heard was one that was quite silly. "'The other two squealed with delight. "'Tell it! Oh, do tell it!' "'I can't. There's really nothing to tell,' Miss Eastwich said slowly. "'In fact, the only thing that I ever knew of was, was hearsay.' "'She paused. Till just the end. "'I knew then that she would tell her story, "'and I knew too that she had never told it before, "'that she was only telling it now because she was proud, "'and this seemed the only way to pay for the fire and the cocoa and the company. "'Well,' she said, "'it was more than twenty years ago now,' I had two friends, and I loved them more than anything in the world, and they married each other. She paused, and I knew just in what way she had loved each of them. After they were married, I did not see much of them for a year or two, and then he wrote and asked me to come and stay, because his wife was ill, and I should cheer her up, and cheer him up as well, for it was a gloomy house. "'and he himself was growing gloomy too. "'Well, I went. "'The address was in Lee, near London. "'The house didn't look gloomy. "'It was a smart new villa, "'with iron railings and a brightly coloured tiled front path. "'Well, they were very glad to see me, "'and I was very glad to be there. "'She went to bed early "'and asked me to keep him company through his last pipe, "'so we went into the dining room "'and sat in the two armchairs on each side of the fireplace.' He sat looking into the fire. Presently he said, Margaret, this is a very peculiar house. He always called me Margaret. You see, we'd been such old friends. I told him I thought the house was very pretty and fresh and homelike. He said, It is new. That's just it. We're the first people who've ever lived in it. If it were an old house, "'I should think it was haunted.' "'I asked if he had seen anything. "'No,' he said, "'not yet.' "'Heard then?' said I. "'No, not heard either,' he said. "'But something follows me about. "'Only when I turn round, "'there's never anything, "'only my shadow. "'And I always feel "'that I shall see the thing next minute, "'but I never do, "'not quite.' It's always just not visible. Has Mabel seen or heard anything? I asked. He shook his head. No, but I don't know when she may. And you know Mabel. She's like a little bird on a flower. You were always so sensible and strong-minded. I said yes, of course. Then he said he thought I could help him. And did I think anyone he had wronged could have laid a curse on him? and did I believe in curses? I said I didn't, and the only person anyone could have said he had wronged forgave him freely. I knew if there was anything to forgive. At first, when I began to notice things, I tried to think that it was his talk that had upset my nerves. It wasn't only at night, but in broad daylight. On the stairs and in passages, the feeling used to be so awful that I had to bite my lips till they bled to keep myself from running upstairs at full speed. One night, I went down to the kitchen to heat some milk for Mabel. The servants had gone to bed. As I stood by the fire, waiting for the milk to boil, I glanced through the open door and along the passage. There was a cupboard at the end of the passage, and the door was partly open. I said, "'Mabel?' "'but not because I thought it could be Mabel "'who was crouching down there, half in and half out of the cupboard. "'The thing was grey at first, and then it was black. "'Then it seemed to sink down till it lay like a pool of ink on the floor, "'and then its edges drew in, and it flowed into the cupboard "'till it was all gathered into the shadow there. "'I saw it go quite plainly. "'I screamed aloud.' But even then, I'm thankful to say, I had enough sense to upset the boiling milk, so that when he came downstairs three steps at a time, I had the excuse for my scream of a scalded hand. The explanation satisfied Mabel. But next night, he said, "'Why didn't you tell me?' "'It was that cupboard. All the horror of the house comes out of that. Tell me, have you seen anything yet?' Or is it only the nearly seeing and nearly hearing still? I said, well, you must tell me first what you've seen. He told me, and what he had seen was what I had seen. After that, I hated to be alone with the shadow because at any moment I might see something that would crouch and sink and lie like a black pool, and then slowly draw itself into the shadow that was nearest. Often that shadow was my own, and always I saw it with a straining of the eyes, as if my sight to see it had to be strained to the uttermost. And then, one morning, early, I heard it. It was close behind me, and it was only a sigh. It was worse than the thing that crept into the shadows. I couldn't have borne it if I hadn't been so fond of them both. I agree. (laughs) But I knew in my heart that if he had no one to whom he could speak openly, he would go mad or tell Mabel. And the weeks went by, and Mabel's baby was born the nurse and the doctor said that both mother and child were doing well he and i sat late in the dining-room that night we had neither of us seen or heard anything for three days our anxiety about mabel was lessened we talked of the future it seemed then so much brighter than the past "'We arranged that the moment she was fit to be moved, "'he should take her away to the sea, "'and I should superintend the moving of their furniture "'into the new house he had already chosen. "'He was happier than I had seen him since his marriage, "'almost like his old self. "'When I said good night to him, "'he said a lot of things about my having been a comfort to them both. "'I hadn't done anything much, of course, "'but still... "'I am glad,' he said them. "'I went upstairs. "'As I passed Mabel's room, I listened at the door. "'Everything was quiet. "'I went on towards my own room, "'and in an instant I felt that there was something behind me. "'I turned. "'It was crouching there. "'It sank. "'And as the black fluidness of it seemed to be sucked "'under the door of Mabel's room,' I heard it sigh. I ran back, opened the door and went in. The nurse and the baby were asleep. Mabel was asleep too. Oh, she looked so pretty, like a tired child. The baby was cuddled up into one of her arms with its tiny head against her side. I prayed then that Mabel might never know the terrors that he and I had known that her ears might never hear any but pretty sounds, those clear eyes never see any but pretty sights. I did not dare to pray for a long time after that, because my prayer was answered. Mabel never saw, never heard anything more in this world. when they had put her in her coffin i lighted wax candles round her and i saw he had followed me i took his hand to lead him away at the door we both turned it seemed to us that we heard a sigh and at that instant we both saw it between us and the coffin first gray then black it crouched an instant then sank and liquefied and was gathered together and drawn till it ran into the nearest shadow and the nearest shadow was the shadow of mabel's coffin i left the next day his mother came she had never liked me miss eastwich paused I think she had quite forgotten us. Did you see him again? I whispered. Only once, Miss Eastwitch answered, and something black crouched then between him and me, his second wife crying beside his coffin. It's not a cheerful story, is it? I think it was seeing his daughter that brought it all back. She looked towards the dressing-room door. The girl, I whispered, in there is Mabel's baby. Yes, and she is exactly like Mabel, only with his eyes. Suddenly Miss Eastwich leapt up, her eyes straining. She was looking at something that we could not see, "'that seemed not quite to reach the height of the dressing-room door-handle. "'Her eyes followed it down, down, widening and widening. "'Mine followed them, and did I quite see?' I can't be certain, but we all heard the long-drawn, quivering sigh, followed by Miss Eastwich's dreadful, piercing cry as she caught up the candle. It dripped all over her trembling hand and staggered into the dressing room to the girl who had fainted during the dance, to Mabel's daughter. But it was too late. The doctor said that Mabel's daughter had died of heart disease which she had inherited from her mother. It was that that had made her faint. But I have sometimes wondered whether she may not have inherited something from her father. I had never been able to forget the look on her dead face.
2: The Shadow by E. Nesbit, abridged for radio by Roy Apps was read by Anna Madeley and produced by Celia DeWolf. It was a peer production for BBC Radio 4 Extra.
0: Well, there you go, friends. That's uh, your ghost story for this week from <laughs> uh, from BBC Radio, The Shadow E. Nesbitt. So that's the kind of story in uh, <clears throat> talking to uh, European friends and uh, folks who know about these traditions, these are the kinds of stories that we would hear uh, that, you know, we hear stories about, I guess is the best way to say that. That's right. So, right. These are the kinds of things that, you know, th- that's what the stories are about. They're ghost stories. And there's lots of really good ghost stories. And see, this is why I played you the video as opposed to read you something. I guess I could have read you something, but man, I don't have the vocal talent like they do, um, like they do for radio, uh, radio plays and radio dramas. So, um, if you like that kind of thing, uh, I have a couple others from, um, the same site and I'll put them up into a video for you. You can enjoy them yourselves, but, um, what are some, <laughs> um, so that's kind of, um, you know, that's the, that's the kind of nature of, that's the nature of ghost stories at Christmas time, right? So it's not it's not always it doesn't need to be this, you know, altruistic old rich man in the industrial revolution uh, has an has an epiphany and gives his, his worker time off and starts giving away money. I mean, all that's all well and good. And we love We love a good story that ends with that kind of cheesy kind of, well, as the woman said, all ghost stories are kind of nicely rounded at the end. And that's kind of code for they're all kind of uplifting, but that's not necessarily how ghost stories go. Uh, and i have my own ghost stories i've ghost stories that i've told over the years and not at christmas time but all year round and that's kind of the other kind of fun thing about ghost stories at christmas time is that it's not about it's not necessarily about christmas it is about the darkness it's about winter it's about the pagan spiritualism these are the roots of this tradition in europe and it certainly can be part of anyone's tradition but the roots are that This is a time of death, this is a time of dying, this is a time of laying things to rest, and this is a time of rebirth. And as we gather and reminisce around around our Christmas times and Yuletides this year, maybe you'll think a little bit about some of the stories that you're telling. Are these in fact ghost stories of a different genre? Are they ghost stories of a different direction or different perspective, right? Maybe we're telling stories of ghosts, people in our lives, Past that are no longer with us so we can reminisce and bring these things forward. But wouldn't it be interesting if we sat around instead and told ghost stories or actual stories, not tales of my house is haunted, although that's a real ghost story, but this is a story and stories can be dramatized and they can be kind of, kind of flowery and they can kind of have these kind of nicely linked together story arcs and bring these things together. So Hopefully you enjoyed the story. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the story uh, and enjoyed kind of getting in touch with a kind of a, a pretty old tradition that isn't something that we see here. And I thought that would be an interesting topic for our first uh, manifestations show to talk to kind of bring something out that isn't normally discussed. Right? It's easy to find all sorts of things. Um, that are commonly discussed that we all know about and we all can just kind of, we can have a commentary about it, but it's also really interesting, it's probably more interesting to look at things that we don't readily understand or know. In fact, while I'm thinking about it, there is a, there's this Christmas song. I'll see if I can find it. There's a Christmas song is it, um, what is it called? Hang on a second. Um, let me see if I can find it for us. Uh, uh Christmas
2: song. Uh,
1: let
0: me see if I can find it. No, no. No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, nope. Lots of, there's lots of, um well, I'll tell you, I've been searching some weird stuff, but it is a Christmas carol. I'll see if I can find it. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole. It's not silent night. Although that is one, but it's one, it kind of says, in um, uh, I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll find it. And I'll post it to the gathering. We can kind of see it. Silent night certainly is, is haunting, uh, but it's, uh, but it's, uh, this one specifically calls out ghost stories. It's like telling ghost stories and bop, 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 bop. So, so maybe that's what, so it, maybe you can pick up, like name that tune. I'm not good at that stuff. Um, so that brings us to kind of the end of manifestations. Um, thank you for joining me. This is kind of a new format show, uh, for the channel. I want to add something a little bit different. Uh, you know, I, I, I truly, truly love, um, uh, card slinging on tarot Tuesday and have a lot of fun with that. Uh, but I also wanted to kind of bring out some of the manifestations thing um, that we did long ago with some of the podcasts. We did about probably maybe about five or six episodes of a podcast. Uh, but I, I really don't have the time to sit down and produce that sort of thing. Um, this is a little bit more most wonderful time of the year. That's That is it exactly. Oh, yeah, some scary videos on
2: this.
0: (laughs) Let's see oh my gosh, there we go, Andy Williams. All right, hang on a second, friends. Hang on a second, friends. I'm gonna bring it up and we're gonna watch it together. We'll enjoy a song that, that deals with, share the audio out, Chrome tab, Andy Williams, share. All right, hang on, friends. It's the most
2: wonderful
0: time of the year. Boy, he is look at and him the and the some, How do those people stay so still? Telling you be good cheer.
2: It's the most wonderful time of the year.
0: What it's if he hit him with that log? It'd be a real ghost story. This video is actually a lot creepier than. Oh, super (laughs) creepy! It's a little bit creepier than I thought it might be. (laughs) be
2: Oh,
0: he's gonna throw something at him. Oh, Oh, all they needed was a pixie dust. There we have it.
2: There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing what is mistletoeing as a year? verb it's the most wonderful time yes the
0: most wonderful time oh the most wonderful time it is time it is the most wonderful time of the year
2: thank you anyway thank you so much sir
0: you have it there you have it friends I'm going to turn this off before I kick out and kick off YouTube before I get another another Andy Williams catatonic song in my ears <laughs> so all right friends well that brings us to the end of a manifest our first kind of manifestations trial run uh, let me know uh, in the gathering what you think what you think about doing some different types of shows uh, I have some other topics that I'm kind of rolling around in my head and I'm looking for uh, some folks to join me um in having this discussion and having a discussion about some different kinds of things i need to do some outreach uh in the next week or so uh <laughs> um so I'll do some outreach over the next couple of weeks and see if we can't start building a lineup of different kinds of things but if you'd like to be a guest on the show if you'd like to talk about something that's going on with you or what's going what Something paranormal or spiritual or metaphysical, uh, please do that. Let me know. Uh, contact me and let me know. Um, for those of you who have not been kind of keeping up, um, next Tuesday we're going to have a guest reader on Tarot Tuesday, so don't um, don't miss that. Uh, Elizabeth Ernst from Love Light Heart Soul is going to be joining us, and you're going to be able to get. We're not going to be able to do 25 readings by any stretch of the imagination, but we will be. What you will get is kind of essentially two. Readings kind of dovetail together with two different decks and two different readers. So, we're going to give that a try and see how that goes. So, we'll see you soon, friends. Thank you so much for joining me for the relaunch of Manifestations. Just kind of a trial balloon here, see how things go. Uh, and what Jennifer says, What time on Tuesday? Same time. We're always together on Tuesday. And that's 9 p.m. U.S. Eastern on Tuesdays. And so, that's when we're going to be together. Jennifer said, There's just so you know, I'm not just a crazy person. Um, so, have a good night, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me, uh, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Um, we'll see you. That's right, Kate. That's right. So we'll see you on Tuesday, friends. Thank you so much for joining me. I really did enjoy it, and I'm kind of getting getting my feet under doing a talk show again uh, in my life. So I really appreciate uh, you doing things. Have a good night, friends. We'll see you soon.